Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hey folks, it's Nyan, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. This week, we get Scott and Dan's feedback on the show Moon Boy, which is available on Hulu and Amazon Prime. As a heads up, there might be some spoilers in the feedback for episodes one to three of season one of Moon Boy, but nothing your imaginary friend won't be able to fix, so you should be good. Then Dan engages uh, Warp Speed and pitches the Orville, which is available on Hulu as of recording. I want, to, I want to take this time to apologize for any audio issues during this pitch. I think there are a few. They're kind of annoying. I tried to edit as much as I could, uh, but hopefully it's not too distracting. Definitely apologies in advance. And hey, if, if they are annoying or if, you're, or if you're actually enjoying this podcast or hating the, the audio issues or any part of this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook pages as we do monitor those uh, those outlets. Or if that's too much of a pain, just rant about us on your social media platform of choice. With that said, pour yourself a glass of your potent potable of choice and get ready to listen to us attempt this Kobayashi Maru podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. We are here to give some feedback on the show Moon Boy, which uh, originally aired on Sky um, in the UK and um, is now currently available as of the recording on Amazon Prime and Hulu. Guys, Moon Boy, what did you think? Dan, you want to go first? Sure, I'll, I'll lead off. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, at, at first it was like I wasn't sure what kind of a direction it was going to go in. Um, you know, if you think about like other imaginary friend, uh, like movies out there, a la, you know, Drop Dead Fred, etc., um, or even like you know aspects of you know Christopher Robin and 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 and, the, and, and you know and his his crew there. You know, you think about like, well, what are, what kind of like you know dynamic are they going to have? And and I think it was I think it was really neat to see how that played out, basically, because like it really felt like he was a full extension. Of the character, which I was really, really cool, and I think that the the premise and the and, and the setting, as we discussed, you know, as was you know pitched to us, was very unique for sure. And I think that because of that backdrop, I think it kind of added another dimension to things. Is you're not just learning about the character and and his imaginary friend and all the uh, you know the ancillary characters that surround him, basically, but it, you're you're kind of getting a kind of a view into uh, through time, if you will. And I thought it was really, really interesting. So I mean, I think I, I think that there's a you know each episode has its own kind of uh, feel to it as well, which I really kind of liked because, you know, the first episode was kind of you know, getting you into the, the the flow of what they were doing. And then, you know, the next subsequent um, couple episodes basically kind of went in kind of different directions to kind of expand on, you know, uh, bits of situational comedy and everything else in between. So I thought that was a pretty darn neat. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really uh, nice, like some nice stories, uh, mostly uplifting, which is a nice departure from, from some of our re recent shows. And I definitely uh, could see the the kind of the, the similar uh, atmosphere to Dairy Girls, which is great because I love Dairy Girls. Right, right. 
in terms of kind of coming of age story in Ireland or Northern Ireland, as the case may be. Um, and yeah, I liked how it, at parts of it, they kind of uh, were comparing what was happening in the story with like world events, like the Berlin Wall episode, which was great. Uh, that must have been a really, really long wall. If it's, he had to walk like all the way around it to, do, to get to school. Except if you just the, the, the map wasn't necessarily the scale, and, and it was yeah, saw, so. maybe not. Whereas if you just like you know uh, bashed a hole in the wall, like the school is just right on the other side. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, I thought he was a cool character, and Chris O'Dowd is uh, is good as his um, imaginary friend. Um, so yeah, I really I really enjoyed the episodes that I saw. Yeah, and, and I thought it was really interesting because, you know, if you think about other family dynamics, I mean, where do you see a house where you have, like, you know, three older sisters and a younger uh, guy, uh, you know, and, and I think so that, that really brought interesting, you know, hijinks to the family dynamic. I won't go too much into that for because of spoilers, basically, but I think that that brought interesting dimension of things, too, and how, like, how the the power structure, you know, exists within the family as well, which I thought was very interesting. Last thing I can think of was um, just the 10 of us, the Bill oh, Kirkenbauer vehicle. Yes. Yes. Oh, was it a TGIF lineup back in yes, the 90s? I, it was. Yeah. That had Heather Langenkamp, Jamie Lunar of, um, wow. And a bunch of other random people I can't remember right now, but yeah, no, I agree. Having that, having those sisters, like, Having you know that um, the majority of the um, the kids being like older sisters, kind of it, it shifted the the dynamics a little bit, made it interesting. Definitely, mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I think and I, like I said, the different you know um, you know parts of each episode. I mean, the fact that we you know you get introduced to uh, uh, you know uh, the candidates to become president of Ireland at the time, uh, you know, as part of a local backdrop was pretty neat too. So it was, you get a little bit of a view. On, on history there as well, which is kind of, was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. And I did like in the the first episode uh, when the father goes over to the bully's father's house. I have to say, I, I did not expect that to kind of go in the direction it did. <laughs> Agreed. That was that was really random. That that's yeah. really what I, I loved about it personally. In that you it it doesn't you know it it, it surprises you uh, on a pretty regular basis. So it's it's not as predictable as you might expect from a random sitcom. But but it, if you really think about it, I mean, like what what is the the pub, especially in you know in in the UK slash Irish tradition, but a place of gathering, and you know, and when you know it's not maybe as acceptable to routinely be like you know first living down there, you, you might say, oh well, let's find an excuse to get together. So you know, and, and do something socially. And then, you know, if that, you know, ends up not being, you know, the same thing is pretty interesting, I think, at the same time. So it's, it's a way to get, it's a way to get away. So, <laughs> Did you guys have the same problem I did where I started to do an Irish accent um, at, in my own home and not in front of any Irish people? So it's not to embarrass <laughs> myself, but it just kind of bled over after watching a bunch of episodes. Uh, not not so far, but I could see how that could happen. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I mean, well, again, even when you like, you, you, you want, you start saying some of the names, some of the characters, you know, you know, you, you, you say, you say, like, you know, you know, Ian O'Reilly, you know, you, you know, you, you're you're kind of already flowing into it, you know, or you know, you start, you, you know, 
you know, you're seeing the names of like, you know, Irish people it just kind of flows out sometimes. So, I mean, again, a lot of it, you know, we have, I mean, especially, you know, you know us three being from the Northeast, we have a very much of a, a good appreciation of various different points of uh, Irish heritage and whatnot. So, you know, we, 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 we can appreciate from afar and, and hopefully not culturally appropriate. <laughs> yeah, definitely do my best not to do that. <laughs> Uh, I also appreciated all the 80s like music references. Oh, yes. Good call, man. Yeah, it's one of those few times where I didn't hate all those 80s references. I usually yeah. get really, really annoyed at, at them being overplayed. But I think maybe having it in a different context, not being a states-based 80s references and actually learning something about that's not, that I don't, in my experience, is not completely overplayed and probably over-romanticized because I feel that's my criticism of the 80s. And, and nostalgia culture in that I think it's overly romanticized. I, I think the 80s were a lot. Maybe it's just me. Maybe the 80s were just much worse for me than uh, any other decade. So, um, yeah, well, I appreciated them here. Well, and, and I think contextually, you know, I think that, you know, in, you know, once we once we grew older in the 80s, I think we had a different perspective on things for sure as well. I mean, because, you know, certain people in the 80s definitely uh, made off better. Um, than others, for sure. So I think either socially, economically, or uh, you know, in, in, or in other other ways and whatnot. So I, I think you can only see how uh, even in the series, you know, there is there is a, a certain strata or stigma of people who are attached to money, even in that one episode. So. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. No, that definitely overall. Um, uh, I really get the, the episode that was about like um, the the mother trying to uh, campaign for Mary Robinson and like the, the way they, that they tried to go about like getting the word out was just so interesting and saying that like, as much as they could like talk to people and stuff, it was all about visual, like advertising it because they didn't have any money at first. They couldn't really do that. And that was like the key, at least, you know, as it's portrayed here to their success was trying to figure out a way to get that. Yeah, and they and they figured out you know subliminal ways when they couldn't you know when they, they didn't have the resources you know again this is this is what a grassroots you know uh, work kind of tends to be is that you know before the advent of social media obviously uh, you know people had to get creative for sure. Yep, uh, and uh, the the father really took one for the team in that episode. I, I, yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I, I, I just have to say, just you know, a, a slight spoiler warning. I'm just happy that I, I never woke up and went to school in full blown makeup. Just, I, I, I had enough. <laughs> I, I, I end up problems dealing with that with wearing full makeup on stage for musicals. So yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So it sounds like are, are you, um, you guys might actually continue watching this potentially. Is that would you say that's accurate? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, basically, it's like, you know, it's 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 one of those things that uh, again, it, it's it's a feel good kind of show. So it's one of those things, basically, like, you know, if you have like kind of a, a rough day and you need something that's, you know, kind of light but funny, heartwarming, but also kind of, you know, situationally kind of, you know, on edge a little bit just to kind of, you know, <laughs> I think it kind of give, it kind of delivers on all of those different cylinders for me. Um, so I definitely will be. I will, will definitely will be continuing. I mean, there are three seasons, I believe, right? Uh, yes, uh, if I remember correctly. Yep, three yeah. seasons. Yeah. So, and, and, and I don't remember. I, I don't remember how long those seasons are. Basically, uh, off the top of my head, either. 
I think they're all six episodes, if I remember correctly. Wow. So yeah, this is this is definitely, I mean, this is definitely bingeable, hundred percent. Yeah, I, mean, and I, I, I might I might try and say it right, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say I agree with that, and each episode is about half an hour long, maybe a little little more in some cases. So. Yeah, definitely something you could work. It seems like it's you could work your way through the episodes pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah it's, have lunch, have breakfast, or have dinner. You know, while watching it or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think, and I, I think the you kind of hit something that I actually what for me really works for it, and that it's heartwarming, but it it's not insulting to your intelligence. Yes. Like it's still it's it's heartwarming, it's sweet, but at the same time, it's not dumb. And I think that's where for me it hits the sweet spot. Uh, because there's lots of heartwarming stuff. Like we could watch the Hallmark channel all day and feel incredibly in, stupider for having done it. Um, or we could watch Moon Boy and feel like we're not being treated like morons, which I I prefer personally. So so, so a sidetrack uh, off the, off of what you now you said Hallmark. I remember it was, you remember it was either Hallmark or Lifetime. So one of them, maybe it was Lifetime. So someone did, they did a new commercial. It's out there on social media and also in digital advertising where, where like a guy comes to the door to basically repair something or something like that. He says, oh, you're here to steal my children. Or you're here to, you know, kidnap me and sell me. So it's like every single like plot point out of like one of these like movies is basically brought up in the episode. And then basically the repair guy just ends up walking away because he can't take it anymore, <laughs> which I thought was pretty hilarious. It's pretty but, great. Yeah, but one other thing I had to look up uh, after the fact because uh, Robinson, uh, she actually left office as we began college. Oh. So, so, so that was very interesting. So she uh, thought that was pretty neat. So it kind of, kind of like she came out as we were coming of age, as they say. <laughs> oh, also, a nine to your point about kind of the eighties references. What, what this kind of. What, what was interesting in terms of the references that were used in this show and also in Dairy Girls, because they did make a couple of pop culture references there too, is that at least in Ireland, it seemed like the like certain, you know, music, uh, like singers or groups and movies or that like originated in the US were also very popular in Ireland, which I didn't, I guess I didn't quite expect. True. Yeah, I mean, it sort of covers the, the whole, um, the issue of American culture just sort of permeating like Western pop culture and specifically the U S stuff is spreading all over the world and, and really being popular everywhere. Like that's why Hasselhoff is just so big in Germany. Like yeah. really just made his way across there. <laughs> uh, the Hoff. Yeah. The Hoff. Don't hassle him guys. He hates that. <laughs> Don't hassle the Hoff. I've forgotten that he I guess was at the Berlin Wall, like when they were tearing it down and like performed. People definitely underestimate his international appeal, specifically in the German and Japanese markets, for sure. Mm. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, I, and uh, you know, I've read or heard that he's very popular in Germany, but you know, you think about a, a an event as momentous as like the Berlin Wall coming down, and there's there's David Hasselhoff right there. Yeah. He's, he's always been there for all the important things in my life. Um, I don't know about you guys. He just keeps showing yeah. up. It's it's kind of weird and off-putting after a while, but um, you know, just get used to him. He's just, yeah, so just don't just, hassle him. Just to be 100% clear, you see, 
David Hasselhoff has been there for all the important parts of our life, but there's you new know who wasn't Charles. Oh, he was, was he busy being in charge? He, 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 was trying to be, he was trying to be in charge and he just basically lost the plot. Who's he that? really did. He really did. <laughs> and, uh, Nyan, make sure that uh, Donald P. Belisario doesn't find out about you know Hasselhoff being such an important figure in your life. Wait, what, what would he do? He would be jealous. That's true. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, well, I kind of, I kind of want him to because I, I would, I just want to see that, that fa- I want to see that confrontation. I want to see Donald P. Belisario uh, confront David Hasselhoff and fight over me. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that we could resurrect Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV and just do this. Oh yeah, if, <laughs> claymation style, baby. If I'm gonna have an unhealthy, manipulative relationship with with any two celebrities, it's gonna be those two. <laughs> Agreed. That would be something to see. All yeah, right, so, but overall, that was you know, you know, I think I, again, you know, I think that you know, definitely, you know, would would echo not, not, uh, Nine's pitch on this to everyone else out there, and you know, that's what we thought. All right, everyone. Hope everyone's doing excellent out there. Uh, so I'm now here to pitch a little sci-fi show called The Orville. So those of you who uh, don't know what this on don't know about The Orville, this is a, a sci-fi comedy drama uh, created and starring the one, the only Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy and uh, Cleveland Show at all, and also Ted Fame. So he he obviously you know he has uh, he also sings as well. He goes you know, he he likes the sauce. And uh, and so yeah, so I re- so this was actually uh, produced uh, um, by Fuzzy Door and Twentieth uh, Television, uh, originally airing in uh, September two thousand seventeen. Ran for two se- seasons so far, and there's a third one coming in uh, March twenty twenty two. So you know, obviously, some of the critics were kind of mixed on this, basically. Uh, but you know, for for me, this is, is this this draws a lot of inspiration, obviously, uh, from Star Trek. And, you know, the so it kind of has that kind of a sci fi look and feel, but then it has kind of a kind of this very uh, witty banter and lots of uh, amazing references and quotes mixed with situational comedy, physical comedy, but also little bits of action and everything interspersed in there. So if you basically um, took the recipe uh, of what went into, say, a Star Trek, a standard Star Trek episode, for example, and you mix it up a little bit and you went a little more comedy heavy, you kind of get a little bit of something like the Oracle. Uh, and, so right, and so it's available right now on Hulu and, and you can also for purchase on various other platforms as well. But uh, if you have Hulu, it's probably the easiest way to watch it. And that's where uh, you'll be able to pick it up. But uh, so obviously, uh, a Seth, Mac- Seth, Seth stars as the uh, head guy, uh, Captain Ed Mercer, who, uh, you know, he then, uh, you know, and then he then is joined by a very wide array of other characters here uh, and whatnot. And, you know, and incidentally, you know, there's a lot of um, things from his past that kind of, you know, join him on the ship, uh, it, it, sometimes in the for- form of one of his officers. And uh, others, you know, in, in you know having to deal with various different things from his past career in the fleet, if you will. So, um, what I really love, what, again, what I really love about this, like I said, is the combination of all the different factors here. And the characters, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of them are, are fairly likable, and they're kind of you know super down to earth, even though they're on a ship. You know, they're not as you know 
you know, you're not getting a super stoic Captain Picard, which who I love, mind you, and 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 uh, and I know it's gonna. I know Scott has a hot take on who's the best uh, Enterprise captain for sure. Um, uh, (laughs) um, You know, this is what I really loved about all these different things. I mean, and and the the quotes there are are sometimes, you know, they they were from saying, you know, do a good job and have a bourbon win for you. You got a deal to something more kind of deep saying every single one of us is shaped by the totality of our relationships. People we love, people we hate all make their mark. So it's it's really rare that you can find a series that can kind of basically balance those comedic and drama size, basically, that can kind of really hit you in the heart when it needs to, but at the same time, uh, tickle your funny bone. And that's kind of where uh, this kind of lies for me. And a bit of nostalgia in there as well. Sweet. Yeah. Um, as Dan knows, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So anything kind of that's related to that, I am all in. Uh, but I have to ask Dan: Does the captain uh, drink any Earl Grey tea in the show? Um, he drinks. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In all, in all seriousness, that that is the one constant I think that you know that kind of floods in. You said you were going to pitch this. I think it's the first time on this show, but I've actually seen. Oh, show you pitched. It's all good. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of. If I remember correctly, I didn't continue watching it. I, so I've got opinions. Uh, I, I'm happy to revisit this, give this another shot. Um, I've, if I remember correctly, that is correct. I, I, I was going to bring her up specifically, and I am a, a big fan of Herb, although she, I, 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 one of the, her most recent thing that I've seen prior to the Orville was, of course, her appearance in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So. And then oh, before that, Friday Night Lights. Yes. yes yeah. exactly as well say so we're, we're going backwards in her you know chronology yes that's right <laughs> so that was a big motivator for me to check it out because i'm a huge adrian balicki fan i think she's great yeah she does an awesome she is job. amazing mm-hmm. but, um yeah i'm i'm so this is going to be me giving this another shot because i didn't i definitely didn't continue watching it so now i'm just curious to see if yeah, maybe at the time i just wasn't into it i at the time i did watch a lot of family guys so i was definitely a mcfarland fan um, I've kind of soured on Family Guy over time um, and don't really watch it anymore, but um, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm contractually obligated um, based on no contract I've actually signed to watch it as part of the podcast. So what, what um, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead. Are you ready to tell us what episodes we should be watching? Yeah, again, I, I think I think it's important to kind of get the, the full, again, it is episodic at, at times for sure. Um, but I think you, you definitely want to kind of get a background on the characters because there are some um, situations, like I kind of alluded to earlier, that uh, kind of play off of what has happened uh, through the series. So I, I, I know that the, you know, the, you know, some people, some critics, like I mentioned before, didn't didn't care for the first season. I felt that you know it got a little tighter later in the first season, definitely in the second season for sure. But I think you kind of need to understand and witness the because when you first start the show. Keep in mind, it's kind of similar to kind of encounter at Farpoint for those, you know, from, for my Trek people out there in that, you know, you have kind of a new crew, you know, call coming together. And then it's them kind of, you know, going through that shakedown period. Um, you know, I, I use that, you know, pun intentionally, you know, on both shaking down a new vessel in addition to also kind of, you know, can, you know, gelling with your crew. So I think there's a lot of that that happens in the series. So I, I'm a big fan of, you know, saying definitely check out the first two, I would say. Um, 
you know, and then, you know, and then from there, basically, there's a, there's a, a lot of places you can go from there. But again, there's a lot of, um, you know, episodes that bridge um, or, you know, arcs that have been kind of mini arcs, if you will. So they kind of bridge across one to two or even three or four episodes in some cases. And so um, it, there is very much kind of an exploration as they explore the universe, they're exploring, you know, their relationships in that regard as well. So like, like I said, for me, I, I think I enjoyed it better, you know, watching it in that progression than actually jumping around after the fact. Okay. So, so we're doing like the first three. First two or three, yeah, would be, would be would be the way to go because this is like you know in that forty five minute, you know, uh, one hour, oh. uh, you know, sh- kind of show. So, gotcha. Well, I rule it's technically two hours, so I guess it's the first two. Yeah. So and then maybe if we get addicted, I guess I, I'm more trepidatious because I know I've seen the first episode, and I'm not I'm not a Star Trek fan, uh, right. not as much of a Star Trek fan as as the two of you. I mean, right. I, I don't hate Star Trek. Let me right just now. make that clear. I don't hate it. I'm just not going to. Uh, go to a convention. I'm not going to pay oh, money to hang out with other people. You're not. You're not going to. You're not going. You're going to dress up in a costume. No. I, oh. which, it's funny. It's weird to say because I've been to anime conventions with you, Dan. Um, <laughs> I don't think I paid for a badge. I think I got my Matt DiCarlo's badge. Um, I think I still have Matt DiCarlo's badge from one of the uh, one <laughs> That's of the hilarious con- man. One of the cons randomly. Um, but but yeah. So I, I, I'm. I, I'm not mad at science fiction. I'm not mad at Star Trek generally. I, weirdly, I'm a, more of a Star Wars person, but even then, right. I'm not. I wouldn't call myself part of the fandom. So, I'm curious um, to see if if uh, this will pull me in uh, to, and make me, you know, maybe True. bring you back into the McFarland fold. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that you know, I I think that the people that you know that you know, that's a good point, Nine. That I think the people that might get the most enjoyment out of this are the people that basically that are coming into it from either a Trek mindset or maybe a Seth MacFarlane mindset, I would say, uh, in some ways, um, you know, uh, but, you know, because I think they're the people that will get the most out of it. So it's kind of like a, 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 a match.com profile, if you will. You know, you're going to have a higher percentage match if you happen to be in one of those two categories. Not that the show wouldn't be for you if you're not, but you might not be that plus 95%, you know, compatible kind of kind of thing. So I think that, you know, the people, I think that for people that, you know, really uh, are not necessarily as part of those two categories, I think the key thing to kind of go around is the, uh, is really understanding the characters and the relationships and then the, the, the balance, like I said, of the, the comedy versus the drama with the sci-fi and uh, as a backdrop, if you will. So I think that you have to think of it at kind of a different level of expectations. If you go into this thinking it's going to basically be Galaxy Quest, yeah, there's some there's, there's some you know uh, of a balance there to a degree, um, um, but it, I'd say it's a it's it's not as over the top, and there's a little bit more balance across everything. So that that's kind of what I would kind of put it as. Okay, I mean, and for and for, and for those of you, for those of you, you know, Star Trek people out there, I love that one of the main casts is actually an actual alum of a Star Trek series, which is pretty neat. Uh, so the, the the doctor actually ha- was in uh, uh, D Space Nine. So I, I, and and I'll, I'll let you get introduced to her when you watch the series, basically. But I, I thought it was amazing that you know that he that uh, they managed to land her as one of the one of the main cast. So that was awesome. Very cool. So would you say it's like a mixture of different, you know, I guess, styles or or uh, genres? Yeah, it's definitely like I said, it's a mixture of it. Kind of, it's it, it's kind of a 
comedy. I'd say it's comedy heavy. So if I was to basically drop this off on a percent, this is like a, a wine variety, a wine blend, right? Uh, a, a, a genre blend, if you will. So I would say it's probably yeah. about. It, it, I'd say it's about forty-five percent or so comedy, about fifteen percent drama, and then the remaining forty percent is uh, probably about thirty uh, percent sci-fi and ten percent action. I would say. Uh, so, there, like I said, there are some actual, you know, uh, there is actually in 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 some in some. Uh, episodes actual fights actual you know battles actual you know so again you know you know stakes in certain arcs like i said get higher uh and, and yes there are is there is kind of you know again witty banter and uh comedic approaches or different ways of handling stress if you will in life and i think the, the crew of the orville is no exception to that rule all right and i was really hoping one of those percentages would be petite sarah uh, uh, <laughs> I, know, I, 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 I was going to follow up by saying, so basically, you're suggesting we drink a wine blend while we watch it, or 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 a, a whiskey blend if you want to. A blend of whiskey wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea either. <laughs> I'm sure, I've got a bottle of Apothic Dark around here somewhere, so we're going wine. <laughs> yeah. Well, wh yeah. whiskey, I guess, would uh, would go along nicely with uh, with what the character drinks drinks in the show. Yeah, and, and and another thing I want to add too is I mean it's amazing that you know they they do they do bring in a lot of uh, other people you know a lot of very famous people into the show as well. I mean a lot of really uh, amazing you know guest actors come in as well. You know later on, I mean they bring in they bring in some some other Trek people, they bring in some Family Guy people, they bring in you know some you know they bring in like a lot of you know high profile people too. I mean they bring in freaking F. Murray Abraham later into the series. Ah, good old I mean, F. <laughs> and they bring in they and they bring in they bring in uh, Liam Neeson and Charlie Theron and Rob Lowe. So you you definitely see you know McFarland bringing flexing his his friend cards across the board, uh, you know, in, in this regard. But at the same time, you, 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 the the Trek people will definitely get their fill of their cameos, say from Marina Sirtis and from Tim Russ uh, and from Robert Picardo, to say the least. So there's there's and it's amazing how you know it all works out and. Uh, um, I do have to say, on, on a bit of a somber note, though, um, the uh, there was a recurring character in the show uh, that uh, that was actually, uh, you know, voiced by the uh, late Norm Macdonald. So I do, you know, wish to just raise a glass to him, just for that, and yeah. uh, and for his not not just his contribution to the war, but his contribution to everything across the board. So cheers. Sweet. Well, if it's got Ephraim Abraham, I might be on board, um, especially after his turn on uh, Mythic Quest right, um, on Apple Plus, because he, he does a really good job on that show. Um, if you guys ever get Apple Plus, we're definitely going to have to do Mythic Quest. So, yeah, I'm excited. Let's let's get into it. Let, I'm, 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 I'm looking to be proven wrong. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, was, I, I considered Mythic Quest before, so I think definitely keep that in your in the back burner there. You know, when we get closer, for sure, because uh, that 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 would be that would be a good pitch to hear for me to get me over the over the edge to get me a ticket buy out of that one. Oh, 100 percent, yeah. But the Orville, man, let's do it. And, and so, Scott, if if you were a, a Starfleet captain, what would you say to start 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 us off? Make it so. Well, we tried. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. 
please join us next week for another exercise in futility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on iTunes. Or if you didn't listen to to this on iTunes, please complain about us on your social media platform of choice. Good night, everybody.